iBuyer, for example, it's perfectly perfectly fine. They are giving the consumer what they want. Maybe not what they need, but what they want. They give them convenience. And uh, uh, the danger is where we are with online purchasing, online mortgages, not everything is probably tight as it should be. I'm not talking legally. However, uh, giving uh, consumers the personal touch, they will always come back to a realtor. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Join us as we get the stories of the leaders in the real estate industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 225 on the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. And I get to stay in uh, the state of Florida this week. My favorite podcasts are the ones where I get to talk to the people that are doing business where I work. Uh, and this this week is going to be very interesting. I am going to talk to the the CEO, the AE of the Royal Palm Coast Realtor Association, Beata Jones. Now, Beata um, is, is in this very difficult role. I'm going to say this for her, that when you are working as a as the uh, uh, CEO of a nonprofit organization, you have different audiences you answer to. And we're going to talk about that. Is that, yeah. So, Beata, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, first of all, I, I notice, I'm going to be very honest, I notice you have an accent. Absolutely. So I'm just going to assume that you might have maybe not, were not born in the United States? No, I am not. So where were you born? Where, where were you raised? I was born in Dusseldorf, Germany. Okay. Um, it is right at the Dutch border or Netherlands border. And grew up there, went to school there, got my degree there, worked there. Actually worked in Italy and Germany. So... What uh, you say you went to school? What was your area of study? Industrial design. In industrial design, mm. I, I don't hear any marketing or communications oh, ab- or. Absolutely, it includes uh, marketing huh. and uh, business administration. All as part of the degree. All as part of the degree. That's awesome. So, uh, what was your first job out of school? Out of school was Tiffany's. When when you say Tiffany's. I'm thinking like breakfast at Tiffany's, Tiffany's? Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Breakfast at (laughs) Tiffany's, Tiffany's. So what were you doing for Tiffany's? We actually designed uh, collapsible boxes looking at security for jewelry. And uh, uh, they had to be packed for fright, air fright. Mm -hmm. However, had to be secure enough to... Um, display the jewelry. Wow! So, you, are you talking? You're not talking about packaging that went out to the consumer. Were you talking about shipping? Kind shipping of con- packaging. Wow! Yes. So that's a whole. Who even thinks about that? You know, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to say you're going to tell me nobody. Yeah. So how long? How long were you with Tiffany's? Two years. Okay. And so, uh, how how then do you get to the United States? Because you started working for them in Germany. I worked for them in Germany. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I met someone who was uh, living in Houston, Uh and that's how I came here. Okay, so that gets you to the United States, which that happens to a lot of people. That's that's a great thing. And so in Houston, uh, you're not with Tiffany's anymore. No. Okay, so so you have to look for new work. So what what do you do next? The next step was uh, I actually, um, my friend at the time Mm -hmm. had contacts to NASA. 
Okay, continue. <laughs> Some of the subcontractors were looking for actual concept designers. Okay. And in this case, it was not design as in boxes or consumer, mm -hmm. uh, consumer design, consumer products. It was actually design of mechanical parts. Okay. So we learned that too. Okay. We have the whole uh, entire education to do this. So I applied there. I got accepted. And about a month later, they went bankrupt. Oh, all right. So, so not a contractor at NASA anymore. No, no. So what's next then? Because somehow we got to get you to the world of real estate. And I'm not putting... I'm not putting those puzzle pieces together yet. No, that comes later. Much later, okay. It, it, from this point on, I thought, oh, I might have to work something else. I need to eat. Right, right. <laughs> so I started at Subway. S go ahead. For one year, and then I came over here. I actually decided to move to Florida. Okay. And uh, the industry here in Florida was either hospitality or real estate right now with my background i could do actually both however i actually applied at this organization here as a receptionist wow so i look this is all brand new to me this is great so what year are we talking about here we're talking 1998 so you've been here since 1998 yes you started at the front desk mm -hmm. we're talking this is a mailroom story moving up to the the penthouse kind of a story here exactly this is amazing i i want to say that i've talked to i've interviewed i think five or six different you know aes uh in the in the real estate space and all of them seem to have come like this path where they would start at a smaller, a little tiny board, maybe with 300 members, and then they would get recruited to a bigger board and recruited to a bigger board. And that, that kind of makes sense to me, right? That's the natural flow. But for you to become, to really know this area, to really know Royal Palm Coast, I mean, this has got to be um, a, a, a wonderful journey. So let's talk about how that rise occurs. I'm sure, what was your first job after receptionist and what did they move you into? Professional standards. Okay, professional standards. That's yeah. great. And that's very important. And uh, and then let's continue that path. What's next? Uh, MLS. Okay. running, uh, uh, Paying attention on the MLS stuff and running the MLS board and all that good stuff. What's next? IT. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is, I love this. First of all, my first thought is, oh my gosh, our CEO used to run IT. This is really good for the IT department. I'm thinking, good. Next. And after that, I actually became... The temp CEO. Like an interim yeah. CEO. So how long have you been the CEO? When did you take the official position? In 2014. 2014. Wow. I, I, I dig this story. I, so so I was, one of my questions I wanted to ask you was that the, the nonprofit world is quite different than the for-profit world. Um, and so you had a little experience in both sides. You've done both sides of that thing. So talk about the, the, the major difference for you. Right, as a nonprofit CEO, as a, a nonprofit mm -hmm. uh, a CEO, operations actually works the same way like for profits work. Sure. On the operations side, it, it's not such a difference. You have your budgets, you have your department budgets, 
you have expenses, you have all this is the same. Mm-hmm. Now you come and have volunteers. Every year you have different volunteers. You have a different board. Mm-hmm. So every year we have to instill the thought that we're still working as a for-profit, however, based on volunteer leadership. Right. And and I think so people understand this that maybe don't grasp this concept. You're you're hired, right? And your contracts are um, offered through a volunteer board that like rolls over every year. I mean there's some there's continuity in the leadership, but the directors and those sorts of things, the people that that hire you um, are actually the volunteers that you work for. Correct. Yeah, so that's very unique. You have you have two, these two constituencies because you have a staff of people here that you you are in charge of hiring and 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 training and taking care of. But then you've got this other audience you have to answer to. I guess that's the right way to say that, right? And that's going to be the members of the uh, yes. of the association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very unique challenge. It is. It is. However, if you like people, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You you somehow always get through. I've talked to like I said, five or six different AEs, and I've been affiliate an affiliate of probably ten different associations in my career with Fidelity. Um, and I've been with an affiliate here for three years now, and I I've got to tell you, I'm very impressed with the steps you've taken. And I have this, um, of course, I love doing the podcast, and I've been a guest on your podcast, the Royal Palmcast, and I I'm blown away by what you've done here on a technology side of things, this studio setup, uh, what you're doing with video and audio and Jim and Jerry. This this is just amazing. Tell me, how did you get to this? Because it, there's not a lot of there are not a lot of associations doing this. Well, first of all, we have to give uh, credit to Jerry and Jim, and uh, uh, naturally, we did a communications audit. You had? Did you have someone from outside come and do that? Yes. Okay, good. And communications audit, do you mean um, how, how well is our message getting across to membership? Correct. Okay, so how, what were those findings like? The findings were uh, below standard to standard, and that's not good enough. Not even close, For right? nobody, is, it is good enough. Right. Fortunately, um, our leadership implemented a new strategic plan it's a very very good plan and let me mention ron phipps he actually was our consultant wow uh ex uh, past nar president correct wow nice Mm -hmm. okay and uh, our leadership really were open to let let's try something else and allowed us to do this right so thank you to the leadership. That was awesome. Yeah. And so they, they, they knew that where we're headed, this, is, this stuff was really important. Exactly. Let's talk about volunteerism, how important that is for you, right? Because I think that many of the, the people I've interviewed on my podcast, realtors, um, many of the successful ones all have, a, have, have been a volunteer and have done and helped at the local level or the state or the national level. So talk about the importance of, of the work that these volunteers do for you here. The volunteers are critical, critical to the organization. Without them, uh, we can operate. However, we don't get ideas. We don't get input. We don't get leadership per se, mm-hmm. because I'm not. I'm not there to lead the volunteers. I'm here to 
implement operations and execute what volunteers are telling us to do. Right, right. And uh, without their feedback, without their ideas, without their governance, it won't work. Yeah, I, th- I think that message has to get out there. I think more realtors need to understand. You really, this is one place one realtor can really make a difference. Exactly. They, if they want to get involved and they want to share information, or if they want to be a part of the process, this is the place to do it. More realtors uh, should be involved. And here is a way for them to get involved and change the industry. Starts on a local level, goes to a state level, goes to the national level. Right. Yeah. I want to ask you a couple of questions about the business, the industry itself. We got some, there's some changes going on, right? There are. It's kind of a crazy time. So let's, I want to talk first with the word compression. It's been used a lot lately in the world of real estate, whether it's commissions or brokerages, right? Being shrunk down. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also compression in the association MLS world too, right? I mean, uh, just 10 years ago, there were 950 boards across Mm -hmm. the country. Now we're somewhere in the 750s, somewhere in that range. So um, is compression good or bad? I mean, it seems to me it could be both, but what's your take? I believe it's good. Okay. I'm more on the positive side of it. However, sometimes they forget the member, the, the our subscribers. And uh, when they are not asked, it's trouble. Right. Yeah. The, in, 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 this, in Lee County, right, you cover Fort Myers and Cape Coral. But you also have, aren't you pretty connected in tight relationships with, say, Bonita Springs and, and also Naples, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in a way? Uh, yes. We all work together. Mm-hmm. NAR has jurisdictions, and we all have our jurisdictions here, like Bonita, Bonita Springs, Bonita Estero, Naples, for Myers, or Royal Palm. Mm-hmm. However, NAR made changes, and um, the changes that NAR makes, for example, are MLS of choice, board of choice, which for me actually negates jurisdiction. So if a broker decides to be a member here, be a member in Naples, be a member in Miami, and we're talking multiple listing system Mm -hmm. and association, the members in that particular office can join either MLS. So jurisdiction are not coming into play on that on the MLS side anymore. Right. So so what what would be your desire there? What would you love to see? I would love to see one MLS where the member all members don't have to join other associations. I know I'm going to get burned on the stake for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, I've, been, I've I've seen those battles going back to 2005 in Arizona, right? Trying to do a, a statewide MLS, mm-hmm. and the big boards are usually for it, and the smaller boards don't want to do it because they feel like they're going to be overrun. Is that pretty fair? It is. Yeah. However, uh, here in the area, actually, Bonita Estero and Naples and us are on a common plat- uh, platform. So Naples and Bonita Estero, they were very open. We were very open to it. And uh, I believe the volunteer leaders there were forward-thinking. 
let's let's talk about where we're at. We're sitting here in Lee County, and I think it's a very uh, it's a very unique area, right? So we're we're recording this episode here in Fort Myers, which is a, a, a nice sized town on the on the coast. And your, Cape Coral also is an area that you cover. And I'm going to tell you right now, Cape Coral, it's, I'm not going to call it odd because I've got a lot of people that I work with in Cape Coral, but it is so different from any place I've ever been. First of all, I don't know how many thousands of miles of canals run through there. So, like, you're not going to take 26th Street over from one place to the other. It just ain't going to happen, <laughs> right? But, but also, they don't really have subdivisions over there. Everything's off these units that were built. And as a title guy, you know, and I was trying to find some properties over there, it was really, it's a different place. And it's only been around for 50, 60 years, right? Yes. It's, it was yes. incorporated. Yes. So let's talk about some of the, uh, the issues that you, have to, that you deal with in this area. Um, obviously, a heavy tourist destination. Um, talk, about, talk about some of the key issues that realtors face here. Key issues uh, uh, realtors face. But, uh, now, uh, going to, to our industries down here. Mm-hmm. Naturally, tourism. Right. Tourism, hospitality, real estate. That's it. Right. That's it. Yeah, so there's, it's, it's, hard, it's tough to get industry here, is what you're saying. On top of this, we are seasonal. Right. So you see an influx throughout season. And I, I looked at the numbers. However, I believe we get 100,000, 150,000 more more incoming that'd be in the winter months right correct yeah. I, I, it could be even more than that and then uh, everybody deals with traffic nobody wants to go over the bridge I enjoyed the view on the bridge today for at least 10 minutes <laughs> I get it and this this is a this is something as, as I relocated to the Gulf Coast three years ago I had no idea about two words, season and bridges. And you've mentioned them both in this answer, right? Season, don't go anywhere near the coast or the beach in season. And two, people don't like crossing bridges. That is true. Yeah. Um, it is very true. We are here, we have, actually, I look, we looked at the numbers too, and we have currently more members in Cape Coral than we have here. Wow. And uh, yes. It is a it is an issue for some to come over here. Yeah, yeah. I, or vice versa. Well, you've taken care of them though at the association. You have a beautiful uh, office on the Cape. We have the main office here. You also have one in South Fort Myers as well, right? So you're really trying to take care of the members. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Good. However, now with technology, there are changes. We notice it. We are customers of the state of the national level and we are communicating and uh, uh, purchasing goods and products it's all online there is no we do it at the meeting we do it at the convention and that's now probably five to five to five to six years yeah the the distances that we talk about and bridges crossing we're not worried about as much Right. But, Correct. Because I know in this room, I can tell in the studio that we're recording, and you're probably going to be able to shoot live trainings and do all kinds of things and stream stuff out and, and make it much easier for the members yes. to, to get information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I like that. I have to bring up the D word. I've been talking, anyone that's in the business, I got to talk about disruptors, you know, things like iBuyers and, and 
the big national brokerages that are doing similar things. And, and these are people that, you know, I buyers are a member of your board. And so are these, obviously these big brokerages that are going to do the same sorts of things, but they seem to be competing in a different way against, you know, the other members of the board. So how do you, how do you handle that? You know, what's your take? What are your thoughts on these, these new models? It's evolution. Complete evolution. And I believe it, it, it is too much in the media. I'm long enough here when limited services came out. It was the exact same thing. Yeah. Exactly the same. And uh, I buy I buyer, for example, it's perfectly perfectly fine. They are giving the consumer what they want. Mm-hmm. Maybe not what they need, but what they want. Right. They give them um, convenience. Right. And uh, uh, the danger is where we are with online purchasing, online mortgages. Not everything is probably tight as it should be. I'm not talking legally. However, uh, giving uh, consumers the personal touch, they will always come back to a realtor. Right. Always. Yeah. I tell realtors all day long that that people need you. It's such a local, local business, right? There's no way that uh, any of these tech answers with artificial intelligence and machine learning, well, hopefully in our lifetimes, <laughs> can't can't um, convey what a realtor can can convey to the consumer. And I, uh, I have to say, in October, they had a national market share of two percent. Right. Yeah. It's. You're absolutely right. If you go to a town like Phoenix where they grew up and started, maybe it's six, right? But overall, it's going to be a number. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And I think that I think education's a key, right? And I know exactly. that this board does a lot of education. You've you've actually had me in talking about iBuyers, and I love doing that, right? To to let everyone know sometimes certainty and convenience um, is is needed, and now you got a a real high tech solution if you want to be a part of it. You you actually have to respect the concept and who came up with it. It, it's it's evolution, like I said. Right. And in 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 three four years, there will be something else. Yeah, you mentioned earlier the limited services. There's always been somebody trying to shake up the world, whether it was discounting the commissions or doing something crazy um, that that upset the apple cart. Uh, and so far, so far, the realtors have always figured out a way. And they adapt. Yeah, they adapt. That's good. You know, you talked about the strategic plan or the strat plan, and that's an annual event that occurs at every board. And you have a facilitator come in. And I was fortunate enough to have uh, Paula Montefer, who was the AAR president at the time, bring me in to, to handle the, that part of it. Very interesting process to get all those committee members and board you know, directors into that room and try to set up this, um, this plan. Talk about that process. The process is you have to have a very good moderator, consultant, to help you, guide you through it. Mm. And respect to everybody who does that. It is not easy. And like I said before, I believe I mentioned Ron Phipps was uh, our consultant on the strategic plan, and he made it look easy. He made it look so easy, 
and he has the skill to make everybody feel in charge of this plan. So once we went through the steps of surveying the members, um, focus groups, broker agents, the leadership team came together to analyze it and finalize it. And that was a process of about three months, I would say, mm -hmm. three months. And after that, we had the best plan, strategic plan I've ever seen here. It, it is absolutely awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, that's one thing, getting the plan. But implementing the plan, does it create challenges for you as the CEO? Implementing the plan is the biggest challenge. It is more difficult than actually getting it. Right. My experience is there's a motivation. You have a plan. You want to put it in action. And after six months of routine work, it's shelved. It's just a routine work. You still do what the strategic plan tells you to do, however, not with the kind of concept and thought you should. Yeah. So this time, having the communications audit, uh, looking at other areas, looking at NAR's mission, at Florida Realtors' mission, cons for example, uh, consumer uh, uh, community outreach is not always fundraising. It's bringing out the realtor brand. So the the mindset went 360, and uh, uh, that was that had to be accomplished first. So now we don't need a fundraiser here. We need to go out there and tell them who we are. Yeah, I like you said R. Yeah. Yeah, R. R, yeah, R for realtor. I like <laughs> yeah. it. I saw that plan. Yeah, that's great. Um, Beata, I've had you here the half hour after your time, and you've you've got a you've got some work to do, I'm sure today. So I want to ask you the same final question I've asked every guest on the podcast, and that is, if you could give one piece of advice to a new agent, what would it be? Come to me and talk to me. I love that. I love that. So what would, what, what would you tell them? Somebody sits down and says, Biata, I heard you on the show and I'm brand new. And, and uh, so what, what do I need to do? First, I would, to, I would try to find out who are you. Yeah. What, are, what is your talent? Are you, are you outgoing? Are you an introvert? What do you know so far? And that's where I say, okay, this is, here are your options. Is this a career for you or just a part-time job? Right. So if it's a career, then there is education. Find your niche and have enough money to get there. Right. I love it. I love it. That's great. Beata, now, if someone does want to reach out to you and talk to you, how's the best? what's the best way for them to do that? The best way is to the association phone number, 239-936-3537-222. Awesome. Beata, I can't thank you enough. I, I, I heard from a little birdie somewhere around the association that um, 
I got you on my podcast before you've been on the Royal Palmcast. I'm yes. just saying. So I'm very excited to, uh, to to have this chance to meet you and have this conversation. And thank you so much and continued success with what you're doing down here in Lee County. Thank you very much. I'm honored. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or rating, go to ratethispodcast.com slash RE Sessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to therealestatesessions.com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released.